Welcome to The Entrepreneurial Lawyer, How to Grow Your Law Firm, a podcast for managing and growing your legal practice. Lexicon CEO Dan Cuneo and Director of Legal Operations and Training Sarah Rutan Bates discuss how to make your law practice profitable in the modern legal industry. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Entrepreneurial Lawyer. I am Dan Cuneo, your host. Join with me is my fabulous co-host, Sarah Rutan-Bates. Fabulous. Three times in a row. I think we're going to keep it going. Okay, but maybe a different word next time. Uh, uh, it's well, starting well, just to feel like routine. <laughs> I like to keep it fresh. I hear you. Well, we have a great episode today. Uh, thank you all for, for listening. Uh, please continue to listen and subscribe. We would greatly appreciate that. With us, we have a phenomenal guest. Mm-hmm, we sure do. Her name is Kristen Schneider. Uh, she is with Kristen Schneider Consulting and also has her own podcast, which we'll talk about as well. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for, for being on. Why don't you tell our, our listeners a little bit about yourself, why you are in the position you're in, and then we'll go from there. Absolutely. Um, long story short, I have been in marketing and advertising for over 13 years now, which I believe starts to date me a little bit. Um, but I started off in traditional media settings such as in St. Louis, actually at um, the local news station, and then eventually became the director of digital sales for a group of radio stations. And then four years ago, decided to go completely out on my own, much like a lot of your listeners, and run my own business. So I have a consulting firm and slash digital agency. So how has the marketing changed in just the the past couple of years? Oh, quite a bit. Um, I, I look back on my career and, you know, the first clients I had, I experienced exclusively went out to automotive dealers and you're out on these gravel lots explaining why they needed mobile marketing. And some of them didn't even have computers in the dealership at that time. So, you know, you come up on now 2022 and most people understand at the basic level, they need to have websites and be on mobile and make it, make sure it's friendly to their audience. the that makes my job a little easier explaining it. Um, however, we are in a landscape now that it's it's saturated. People have information at the tips of their finger at all times. So it becomes difficult to understand for some business owners or just overwhelming where they need to be at to reach their audience at the right time and place. You know, for our listeners who are, thinking about expanding their their marketing platform or those attorneys who are considering going out on their own. What does digital mean? Great question. Um, I get that a lot because digital can mean a lot of things. When I think of digital, let's say the marketing side of it, digital marketing is going to be all those places that you're online marketing your business, whether that's social media, email marketing, your website, uh, anywhere that you're out putting yourself out there, your content out there online. On the advertising aspect of it, I would say that's really the paid online space. So there's lots of different ways 
to um, get your message out there with money behind it, which is what it takes these days to cut through all the noise. So do you have to pay to play? But I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew it. I love it. I'm so glad you said that because, yeah, I believe you do. I think that organic is only going to get you so far because we are so saturated. There, There's a million different businesses out there online. Can you grow organically? Absolutely. But it's really not as free as it sounds. Everyone says, well, I'm on, I have the free platforms. Well, we know that typically that organic social post only, you know, it's only going to reach about 5%, maybe 5.2% of your audience. So if you only have, a, if you have a thousand followers, you know, it's only 5, 5.2% of your followers that are even seeing that. It is pay to play more often, in my opinion, if you want to drive more traffic and get the attention of new um, prospects and continue to stay in front of the ones that you already have. So how, uh, Kristen, I I guess we could break this down and talk about it from organic and the um, paid to play approach. Um, One of Dan's Favorite that gets people favorite in trouble. phrases, um, <laughs> but uh, let's let's talk about our listeners who maybe right now they don't have the money to pay to play. So they're really going with that organic approach. What could they do with those free platforms to drive traffic? If you don't have the ad budget currently to re- to put behind it. On the organic platforms, or, you know, let's start with social media platforms because those are typically the free spaces that people are in. I, the first thing I would do when it comes to any of your marketing and advertising is fully understand who your avatar is. And what I mean by avatar is have one person in mind that you're trying to reach. And um, for your lawyers, let's say, you know, maybe there could either be family law or maybe they specialize in the divorce sector um, and it's men who they're going after, or maybe they're business law. Those are very different audiences that you're going after. And I would really drill down as much as you can who that person is. You know, are they a dad who has three children between, you know, the ages of eight to teenager? Where do they hang out? What do they do in their free time? What kind of interests and behaviors do they have? And by putting that information together, first of all, you're going to be able to identify which platform is probably the best place to start for you. Because even though it's free, it does take a lot of time and energy to build those audiences and go in and be able to find those right people, the right followers to your page. So then I would determine, once you determine who that avatar is, Um, You know, maybe Facebook's the best place for you. Maybe it's Instagram or maybe it's LinkedIn. If they're very much in the professional world, LinkedIn is a great place to start. When you say platforms, what what can you give our listeners some idea of what an actual platform is? I'm having these visions of like a high dive or something like that, or <laughs> when you're jumping up on a box. But you know, when you say platform, can you break that down on what that means? 
Really, Absolutely. what he was imagining was himself standing on that high board and everyone below him just like, Dan, that, the you greatest know, CEO ever. I can tell you that's not true because I'm afraid of heights like that. Oh, goodness gracious. I, I, I'll walk up and I'll look down and I'll say, there's no way. I can't do it. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll have to talk about that next time. I just learned something new, Kristen. I'm sorry. Hmm. Uh, hey, I'm glad to know it. I was going to say my my knees would be shaking, not looking at everyone else. <laughs> Okay, so back to Dan's question, though. Uh, yeah, platforms. I mean, what what are the platforms? Absolutely. So when I think of social media platforms, uh, you're going to think about Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, LinkedIn. Obviously, TikTok and these other, you know, these platforms are all growing in their space and they're reaching big communities and making the news all the time. What I do have to say about that is, know who you're trying to reach. That is what's going to base which platform you should be on. We know that TikTok's growing in popularity, but also evaluate if you're a lawyer, are you going on there to make, you know, um, videos all day? Are you jumping on the trend bandwagon? Does that even make sense for your client? So that's what I mean by a platform. Those are the different platforms. We're going to continue to see new ones pop up. Everyone thinks that you need to jump on all of them and be in that in every single space. I don't believe that's true. I think you should be on the platform that makes sense for the audience you're trying to reach. So, Kristen, I, I've heard this just a lot. Um, I'm thinking about influencers or, to your point, people that are really using social media, which, again, is pretty much everybody these days, to uh, promote their business. Once you've determined the platforms that work for you— um, and I agree. I, I think it's probably more of your LinkedIn, your Facebook, maybe Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, I can't wrap scares my, me. Right, I, I can't wrap I my head around TikTok. TikTok. And Snapchat I've only heard about from like like my nieces and nephews. I, I, I don't really know much about that one either. But our listeners have established what those platforms are. Do you have any recommendation on how many times a week they should be posting content to keep their audience, you know, coming back or potentially bringing in new audience to those platforms? Yeah, so that's the biggest difficulty, I would say, growing organically is that you need to be on there quite often. My philosophy is to start where you can be consistent. If you can consistently show up three days a week, go on there three days a week. Because what happens with the algorithms is that if you go on and you are full blast right away because you're excited, you're going to make sure you're on there and you're posting three times a day. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I can't keep up with this, which is what happens with most business owners because we're all wearing a lot of hats. And you scale back to the three times a week, it's going to mess with the algorithm. They're not going to look as kindly on your account. So it is more important to show up consistently. Okay, that's good advice. Now, could you saturate by posting too much? Is there a a certain cadence that you recommend? Because Sarah brings up a good point. How often do you want to put something out there? Me, sometimes I have something that pops in my head and I don't want it to to go. Because once it's in there, it's a hot second and then it's gone. You got to get it out there, right? But I don't want to be on there, you know, multiple times a day posting. I mean, I post pictures of my dog about 20 times a day. I'm sure people are over that, right? But that's all I have to offer to this conversation. (laughs) 
no, but it, it is a good point. I mean, is there that threshold where, you know, don't go in so hot that you can't maintain it, but let's say you do have a person who can maintain it and they are posting 10 times a day. Can that turn people away? It depends on the platform. It, it's not necessary on some platforms, other platforms it could be. If let's talk um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn isn't as saturated as the other platforms as of yet. And so you probably don't need to post as many times on there. Stay top of mind with people. Again, depending on the business and how many followers you have, it's all going to be, you're going to have to find that balance. Again, I think the quality of the content and staying consistent is going to be more important than making sure that you post five times a day. Most of your audience isn't going to see all of those posts anyways. Um, but yes, if you have a team of people and you can post three times a day, go for it. You're not going to, you're not going to oversaturate anyone. It would save you a lot of time and energy to hire an outside expert to come up with a plan for you and make sure that those posts are going out, make sure that, you know, the content is what your audience wants to see and hear and it's engaging with your community. That's where you can probably build organically the fastest. So it's Mm -hmm. not just about posting anymore. It's about being engaged with your audience, responding to comments, and then going out and engaging with other accounts that are like yours to raise awareness. That's how you start showing up. Kristen, you just said something. I, I want to I want to plug what you just said because I think that's important. It's not just going out to your platforms and posting once you learn how to do it, um, but it's responding as well. So yes. those people that are taking the time to post or respond to what you shared with them, giving them that time in return and, and responding. I mean, mm-hmm. is it even as simple as just thank you to every post? How does that work or what does that look like? Yes, I think responding to all comments is a plus. And then engaging. This is where you're going to find out what type of content resonates with your audience the most. This is where they want to give you feedback on your products and services, their customer experience. It's where you can help grow your business in that way. You know, okay, this person maybe didn't like the way their account was handled. How can we go back and change that process or explain what happened? This is how people review and look at how they look at your credibility, essentially. We're using social media that way. And they, you know, they look at how the rest of your clientele had what their experience has been with you. When you respond, because that's an excellent point that both of you are raising, does that give you more credibility and uh, more uh, leverage and, and it allows people to, to see what you're posting more? Yes. Um, Because the more comments you have on your post or the more engagement, the more likely that platform is to show it to other people Mm -hmm. because they see that it's getting traction and engagement because that's what the social platforms are all about. They want you to be social and they want you to engage. And when there's engagement happening, you're spending more time on their 
platform, which is ultimately what they want. That was just like a mind-blowing statement right there. Social platforms Ooh, want you to be this, this social. Is right? I, that that is like, a good one. That is. I just sat here and I'm just like, that is amazing. <laughs> Dan just had the I mean, biggest just, just smile on his face. Down, that elementary, that is so perfect. I wrote down something earlier in our conversation. I want to go back to the pay to play. Uh, and, you, and you mentioned it, but I wrote it down as well ad budget. What would you recommend uh, as far as the budget? Not necessarily a dollar amount, but maybe like a percentage of revenue. Oh, wouldn't every advertiser out there want to know what exact budget to start with? I wish it was that easy to put a dollar amount on it. It's not for me. And I don't like that word. And that is an an awful bad B word. Budget. (laughs) Budget. I know. I can't even say it out loud. I have to whisper it. He does. Every time. (laughs) It's how... It's almost how I feel about it as well, because it's so... Without me knowing the client, what their goals are, the objectives behind that, it's difficult to put a dollar amount on it because the geography you're trying to target is going to play into that as well. I tell all my clients, do you want it to sprinkle or do you want it to pour? In marketing and advertising, you want to pack a punch. If we're just lightly sprinkling it, you're not going to have the frequency behind it to be able to make an make any impact on your audience. When you say sprinkle, uh, do you mean it's a- across different platforms or are you, or when you re- refer to poor, are you suggesting you just choose one or two to really get that, that bang for the buck or that punch you're talking about? I think it, it does depend on the budget, like overall budget. Obviously everyone has um, a budget that they need to stick within unless, you know, even McDonald's has a budget, right? But when it's coming to, you know, a small business owner, again, I would start with one to two platforms and make sure you can get the reach and frequency you're looking for on each one of those platforms. And then geography is going to play into that. Um, Typically speaking, I would ask you this, how far do your clients usually try to go with their advertising? Are people, you know, driving five miles? lawyer? Are they going 30 minutes or are they the best of the best and they're willing to go across the country to make this happen? That's a great question because that is a debate that uh, I've been having with one of our clients in determining, uh, well, really assessing whether or not they want to open up another office. And and, and you have to break it down to a couple of factors. I think one, you have your, your pre-COVID and then you have your, your mm-hmm. post-COVID. So pre-COVID, there is this huge expansion in, in the commercial footprint for, for law firms. And then you have your post, uh, we'll call it post-pandemic maybe, or this new hybrid era to where there's a big push to reduce a commercial footprint. And, and that's something that, that we do as well to provide a very thorough and detailed analysis on, on what makes sense for that particular firm. But the question then becomes, are you that good that someone will drive wherever you're at? Uh, pre-COVID. But in today's day and age, a lot of meetings, including court, believe it or not, are conducted virtual. And so now you can have access to uh, better uh, attorneys and you can conduct your, your meetings via via virtual. Uh, so it's really, are clients more inclined to drive to a, an attorney that 
is probably the best or tops in their field, or are they just going to be more inclined to look locally? And and I think it, it could be a, a hybrid of the two, but if, if you're wanting the best, you, you're going to you'll make that virtual appointment or you'll, you'll drive to their office. So I think you can expand, especially with the era that we're in. I think mm-hmm. you can really expand that footprint, not necessarily from a commercial standpoint, but more from a virtual standpoint. And I always equate it when I'm speaking with other clients about whether or not they want to expand is most people will not just go next door to the doctor's office because it's convenient. They're going to want the best. So they'll, they'll, they'll travel there or a dentist. I know I wouldn't just walk next door because someone put up shop there. I'd want to do my homework and and look at reviews, which goes to what you're doing and helping out other entrepreneurs is how do you not just get your name out there and the number of views, although that that is great. Uh, It it definitely uh, helps out. But you want to be that the thought leader or the, the firm that people are turning to for advice, but also that you're, you're posting good information out there. And, and, and that's where someone in your role in your company really plays such a pivotal uh, part in, especially in today's day and age. And, and you mentioned it earlier in the show, I feel that this digital era is becoming very saturated, but it, it was refreshing to hear you say that we have LinkedIn that isn't as saturated as probably maybe Facebook or, or Twitter. Right now, hands down, I think if you, especially if you're going business to business, you know, maybe you're a law firm who is trying to get more into the corporate law area and you want some entrepreneurs that need your, ex- your ongoing expertise. Um, I think LinkedIn is a fantastic place. And you touched on this a bit earlier, video. If you can, if you can get comfortable being on video and speak in a comfortable manner and, and show yourself that way, it is by far the most credible way to be in front of your audience Sarah. that you can. Dan, no, I, <laughs> you, you beat me to the punch. Dan <laughs> loves being on video. Hey, Krista, let me ask you a question. And then Dan and I want to give you an opportunity because you also have an amazing new podcast. Um, How do you feel about billboards and buses for marketing? And you can think if if you need a second. No, don't think about it. Let's just go with, I mean, what immediately pops in your head? Traditional media. (laughs) Sarah wants to be wrapped on a bus. (laughs) And I think I should. Be I feel like I said that timidly. My, I think I, I believe there's value in it. But again, for me, I think it goes back to what Dan said earlier: is who are you trying to reach? Do you want to be the the most credible, capable person who is getting people across the country, not just in your local area, because those are very local ways advertise. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's great to be in your community. Um, Here in St. Louis, we know that you drive further to get to offices, to your workplace, if you're not virtual. It's not necessarily that same way in other communities across the country. So um, I think billboards can work. They're difficult to track. So in the digital space where I really thrive, we like to track. And we want to show the conversions. We want to show what kind of traffic you're getting to your website. 
And the one piece there that I would also like to say is, yes, I am an expert in driving traffic to your website or to the landing page that you want your audience to go to. But that is only as good as the information you are putting on those landing pages or website. And that's only step one, right? Because you could have a a significant number of viewership, but then I I think the next step would be, okay, how does that translate into business? What is the ROI on that? Exactly. Um, Because you, again, you referred to this earlier too. That's where I think those long forms of organic content come in place, which you guys are doing with the podcast. You're showing your expertise through a podcast. So it's podcasting, blogging. Blogging takes longer to organically build what you're looking for. Podcasting is going to be one of the best ways or the fastest growing areas uh, because you can use keyword search. It's a search engine. So it's going to help build you faster. And that's credible. That makes you look credible. You can add that to your website. Any type of content free content that you can give your audience to show that you're helping them or answer their questions, that's what's going to help lead to those conversions. Obviously, picking a lawyer is a big decision to make. People aren't going to do it by a billboard anymore, Dan. I, I think Kristen said it, it, it depends on, she, on she, where. She called it traditional. That's There's like one of those words like, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm tearing up over here. Uh, Kristen, don't let him fool you. He's the one who wanted the bus with his face on it and the big billboard that you could see from the arch. Okay, but (laughs) moving on. I think there's new ways. Instead of the, here's what I would say instead of the billboard or the bus, a hologram. I personally would go through connected TV or, or also known as streaming TV. Have, if you want your face on something or you to be the face of your brand, I would put it there. Like right a now, we've seen, no, no like, so like TV, so significant like traffic TV. now. Streaming TV, your commercial would show up on Hulu, and you can do this all through targeted means now. It could show up in, you know, one zip code area that you want it to. It's, I would definitely it's, want in my mother's. Oh my gosh, Dan's yeah. head is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay, Kristen, I know our time is coming close to an end. Please tell us about your podcast, um, The Digital Traffic Show, and you launched in December. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, I have, it is called The Digital Traffic Show, and we talk about driving digital traffic to your business. And there's all kinds of, we've only scratched the surface of what um, we talked about today, whether it's social media, there's lots of tools out there that can help you automate your processes to make it easier. We talk about all those different tools and ways to drive traffic to your business and in the end, convert more. Wow. You know, I was listening to a couple episodes and I listened to your your most recent one about the the eight trends uh, for digital marketing. And I thought you were pretty spot on. Uh, so I definitely encourage everyone to uh, to take a moment and check out your podcast. What about your, your current business? Do you have a website that our listeners can go visit for more information? Absolutely. You can go to kristenschneiderco.com. And I know that's kind of a 
tongue teaser there. <laughs> but um, you can find it at kristenschneiderco.com. It's where my podcast is. You can set up a one-on-one consultation with myself. You can also reach out through email at hello at kristenschneiderco.com. And we could set up a time and talk about your business. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you again. And thank you everyone for taking time to listen to this episode of The Entrepreneurial Lawyer. Sarah and I greatly appreciate it. And if you do like us, please continue to listen and also subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Entrepreneurial Lawyer, How to Grow Your Law Firm, presented by Lexicon. Lexicon is a legal software and services provider that enables lawyers to do what they do best, practice law. Tune in next time with our hosts and be sure to subscribe and leave your review on your preferred podcast streaming platform or by visiting lexiconservices.com.